share with me. And get to know me. Working within it so that you can trust You gotta them. be able to produce things. Yeah. And I'll tell you why that production is so important. But before we know that, how do you use those two pieces of equipment? And you- success is not necessarily financial, but success is when you feel fulfilled in what you're doing. And then to other women, they need to know their value, their worth. But, but I believe um, everything that you put your mind to and you achieve is success. Give us um, all the stuff. Okay, I'll answer all 16 of those questions right now. I started uh, in the music business at Sony while I was still... My name is Renee Hastings, and I'm your host of Renee Speaks. Y'all, strap in. We are getting ready for one of the best shows ever. Today's guest is a very successful lifetime recruiter with over 38 years of experience placing thousands of people in their new career. She has worked for the last 11 years at Accountants One as a senior recruiter and she's also the Speakers Bureau Chair for District 44 Toastmasters. Our guest is a past district governor, region advisor, chief ambassador for the Pathways Program, where she brought her district to number four in the world and number one in North America. She's opened 92 corporate clubs and has been a member since 1999. Our guest is a career and speaking coach, along with being an inspirational speaker. She has been a frequent guest on numerous radio and TV shows, and she's currently in the process of starting her own new show called Conversations with Cindy. Our guest believes that you can be and do anything that you want to do in life, no matter what the circumstances. You just need to know how. She shares her story of how she lived and survived 19 surgeries, two near-death experiences, and three autoimmune diseases, amnesia, and a full tooth replacement. Y'all, that's a lot. Our guest wasn't supposed to live past 25, and she's turning 65 this year. Y'all, join me in welcoming Cindy Cannon. Well, I love the introduction. It makes me laugh. You know, it's so long. <laughs> well, there's a lot to say. You have done a lot in your life, and you have impacted so many lives. So I am just so thrilled to have you on this show, just to talk to us a little bit about how we can follow in your footsteps and avoid some of the pitfalls and all of the things uh, that you've had to overcome uh, so that we can be our best selves. So awesome. tell us a little bit, Cindy, um, 
tell us about your journey, how you got started on this entrepreneurial journey. Uh, even though you work at Accountants One, tell us about how that business, uh, you run a business within that business. I do. So, so almost 12 years ago, I came to Accountants One. I had my own company and I was working with my husband and I decided that marriage was more important at the time. So I thought it would be better if I worked for someone else opposed to with my husband. And now it's funny, he retired and he works with me silently in the background. So we still work together, 38 years of marriage. When I came to Accountants One, we work commissions. So I work with a team and I work independently, but basically we work as a team, but it is like having my own business. And you know what, Renee, my entire life, I just showed up and I found by showing up, you can be very successful for, for many different reasons. You, you can take advantage when people are out sick, for example, you could take advantage when people um, are thriving and they want to be their best because you can help them be your best. And from being sick while I was working, I was afraid to stop, to be honest with you. So I kept going and I kept showing up and I ended up successful from that. Wow. And that that's quotable. Just show up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just keep showing up. That is so important. Just to not be defeated. Be determined to not be defeated. Just right. show up. Yeah. I that's that the biggest so thing. I was so afraid that if I stopped, and I still feel that way if I rest, some I might feel something come back. And now I know how to handle it. But you have to keep going and keep doing with the goals. That's right. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you did. And you just kept showing up. And now your testimony is just so amazing, so motivating, so encouraging, because you have beat so many odds. And it's just like, no matter what life was throwing at you, you just kept showing up. So I am so proud of you for that. So um, thank you so much for sharing you. your journey with us. And in this journey from trials to triumphs, and it's so super inspiring, could you share specific moments when your spirit was put to the test and how you came out even stronger? There were several times and they always follow the same theme. When I was really sick, and that really is my whole past, not my future, but my past, I went to Institute of National Health Mayo Clinic, Duke University, and all over the place. And every doctor said, we don't know, we don't understand, we can't help you, or you have something very rare. And again, I had to ignore all that because if I listened to what I was told, I would have died. And so again, I showed up every day. Every day I was thankful when I woke up. I really made a lot of goals and I became a time management expert. Toastmasters helped me also because with Toastmasters, they have goals and training and it all happened by accident. I became a leader. And because of that, I started showing up. It makes a world of difference when you have a plan and you know where you're going to go. And I would just, I sound so easy, but it's all about time management. And it was all about having the will of wanting to be successful. In sales, I always wanted to be number one. In having my own business, I wanted to give back so that you don't have to go through what I went through, both in work 
and both in the situation of working while you're sick and trying to fake it till you make it because no one believed that I was sick because I was always smiling and still there. I was still standing. Even I even hear sometimes my brothers don't recognize that I was that sick growing up and where did the story come from? And I just smile and say, I, I didn't mean to cover it up, but no one believed me. So I stopped telling it. Wow. Wow. And, and uh, the fake it till you make it that, you know, is so relatable because how many of us women are pulling, burning the candle at both ends, certainly maybe not going through as many health challenges, but still with a, working a job or running a business or both and being a wife and being a mom and being a sister and a daughter and all of the, and an aunt and all of the things and the responsibilities and relationships and the influence that we have, it is a lot and sometimes you just have to put on like you said put on that smile make up a pretty face and go out there and fake it till you make it because you know you got to just keep showing up and that's sometimes how you do that and you also reminded me that we we grow up with mentors and as we get older all of us you know i was always the youngest person i was the youngest recruiter when i started i was the youngest entrepreneur when i started my speaking and what i found is that now I'm mentoring and giving back just like my mentors did. And it makes a huge difference because we go through so much, we could save so much time for people in the future. Yes, absolutely. Especially if they listen, you gotta listen. Our trials are not for naught. <laughs> they are for a purpose and they are to share with you who haven't been through it yet. So, um, let our trials have meaning uh, by being good listeners. <laughs> Cindy, what actionable steps would you recommend to people who are looking to overcome setbacks and achieve success? I know you mentioned getting a mentor and trying to follow in their footsteps, getting up, showing up, faking it till you make it. Is there anything else that, that we can do to just try to overcome setbacks? I know it sounds cliche, but you have to have a plan. If you don't know where you're going, I don't know where you're going to end up. So if you have three or four different things, which most females do that they're doing, like you said, family, work, kids, then you should have three or four different plans going on and work out your plan, make your plan, work your plan. I actually do and teach treasure mapping and I have fun with it where you actually put on poster board, I know that we all know this, but put on poster board what I want in life for all of the different areas that I have. And then how am I going to, I take time to physically figure out how I'm going to achieve it. And I plan it out. And actually I go through my life planning, but I plan on Sundays, for example, my whole week. And by the time Monday comes, I don't have to look at a plan anymore because I can just go ahead and keep going and know where I'm going to go. And if something happens because I'm planned, it's not so dramatic as if, oh, no, you know, the wall just fell through or the glass broke or, you know, I have to pick up someone because my car just broke. And what am I going to do? Because I'm organized with everything around me, nothing really gets in my way. So, so a plan really does work. And when I don't plan, I'm sorry I don't plan because then the week is like a disaster. That would be my advice. 
would be right. Exactly. exactly. And so that's one of the things I appreciate the that. And it, it doesn't sound cliche, I don't think, to have a plan because we might hear it in different contexts, but in terms of recovering from a setback, that is crucial. That is a critical uh, pathway, a thing that you have to do so that you can step by step. Because sometimes when you have a setback, it's hard to think of the baby steps that you have to take to get to the end of this gigantic thing, or just even if that's just the day. <laughs> so right. sometimes you have to baby step out of the bed, baby step to the bathroom, baby step to brush your teeth, baby step to eat breakfast, baby step all these little steps. It's a part of the plan, but it's all a part of overcoming a setback and keeping yourself moving and keeping yourself showing up. And so I really appreciate the, the fact that you plan on Sundays for the entire week. You know what's going on. And even within that, if there is some hiccup that comes, car breakdown or whatever, then you still aren't thrown because there's always a way to fix it. And you know what the next thing is. So you know who to call to say, hey, I'm running late. Hey, you know, let's push this back, blah, 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 blah. And a plan doesn't mean, you know, uh, it's written in stone. Like it, things happen and it has to be flexible and you have to be flexible and nimble enough. I think that's what you're saying. Nimble enough to to just kind of roll with it. Well, I was going to say, I have, a, I have a disclaimer. My plan never goes as planned. It's like taking everything, <laughs> throwing it up in the air on Monday by 10 o'clock. But I'm able to recover and to really figure it out without that panic feeling. Because I know at the end of the day what has to be done because I did plan. So what happens is all the nice little things that it'd be really nice if I had time to do this and I was going to do that. All of that goes up. And then for me, because I'm a recruiter, I just stay where the money is. So for other people, I would suggest they stay if they're commissioned where the money is and sales. But if they're running a business, if they're an executive assistant, or if they are working at the hospital, that they know what their immediate top three goals are. And then for that day, and they do those top three things. So that's almost the same thing as having a sidetrack plan, you know, going with three things a day, or what's the most important two things to do when you get so panicked and in that rush? Because we all have emergencies that happen. That's right. At least I That's do. Right. At least I had a normal day ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, they wouldn't be life without something thrown in it, right? To kind of keep it stirred up a little bit. Right. Well, no, and that's what makes you. I mean, that's what's made me is all the errors and all the things that happen. And if you fail, so what? You know what? Then we get a story to tell. And everybody has stories and the stories take you someplace at the end of the day. Yes, Absolutely. And, and and who would want their day to go exactly as planned anyway, you know? <laughs> like you said, we wouldn't be building our our, our nimble, you know, nimble skills and, and ability to, to be flex and, and, and handle all the twists right. and turns, all of those things. You know, it builds character, it builds our innovation and creativity. We need things to kind of mess up our plan a little bit every now and then. Absolutely. It also builds a lot of wrinkles and gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can do that too. <laughs> Absolutely. So Cindy, tell me a little bit about how you approach risk taking as a business 
owner, even though, like I said, you work for Accountants One, but you run your recruiting uh, business uh, activities as a business for Accountants One. So how do you approach risk taking and what advice do you have for people um, to, uh, in managing their fears and doubts? Well, in managing the fears and doubts, you really just have to put that aside. And if you have your plan and you know where you're going, it makes it a lot easier. And taking, I take risks every day when I pick up the phone and I might, I can't sit and wait for clients to call me. I have to call the clients. And from, for the most part, even though I may have built up business over the years, those clients go on to different things or they may be, I'm going to have a lot of referred business and a lot of repeat business, but when you have a risk, you have to take risks and you have to pick up the phone and you have to call, you have to reach out. You know, today we have so many ways of communication between text, email, phones. Some people want to be reached. Some people do not want to be reached. So you have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And if you don't take the risk and pick up the phone and make the phone call, nothing's going to happen. So I just say, go ahead and go forward and do what you have to do. And if it's a risk, it's a risk and you learn from it. It's just like showing up. If, if you show up, something's going to happen. If you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. I hope that makes sense. It does. And sometimes too, I, I agree with you, what you say, 100%. You just got to do it. You just got to put on your, your, your big girl pants and just go and, and just do something. You know, you can't just sit there and do nothing and think that things are going to be different or be better. Um, I was listening to this podcast just yesterday and they were talking about do something. Just you can't know what you want, know what it takes to get there and do something, anything to get there. Right. And if it involves a risk, it's OK, because those risks are stepping stones. There's learning experiences and there's so nothing that you do in risk taking is going to be so um, detrimental. Of course, you have to, to weigh all the, the pros and cons and that sort of thing and make educated choices and educated decisions and not just whimsy kinds of things. So you definitely want to be smart about the risks that you're taking. But even in asking yourself questions, what will happen if I don't do something? <laughs> you know, that is a, a really good measure of whether or not you need to do something. And typically, if you don't do something, things are going to keep on going on the way that they are. And if you're not happy with the way things are going, you've got to do something. And if you don't want anything more than what you have right now, then don't do anything. You're absolutely right. And actually, you remind me of something that happened yesterday. And I laughed when I was doing it because I said, imagine this. I went back to basics. And that's really what it is. We all had basics when we first started out in our careers and things that we're doing. And for example, in the old days as a recruiter, we'd pick up a phone, the phone and call a client and say, I just interviewed someone, Renee, who's sitting at my desk and she has this background. And this week I went back to basics and I did it and it worked. I was so shocked, you know, and I thought, well, maybe I should be doing this a little bit more. And so you don't, there's not a right answer out there. You just have to do something. You can't just sit and, and hope that it's going to come to you. Because even though I've been doing this 38 years, yes, a lot does come to me, but it comes to me from all the basics and all the planning and all the things that, you know, I take risk with and do. 
Exactly. Exactly. Hope is not a strategy. Somebody's famous said that. No, I wish it was. <laughs> That's right. So, Cindy, as a believer in the power of storytelling, how can people leverage their personal stories to connect with their target audience and differentiate their brands? Well, I think everybody has a story and if they don't have one and they're not telling it, they should be telling it. So first you have to learn how to tell it. And I tell everybody, you can tell a story in 30 seconds, 60 seconds or 90 seconds. It doesn't have to be an hour long story. I talk a lot and no one wants to hear a recruiter all day, technically, and you have to shorten it down. Plus the fact my stories about my illness People don't want to hear about illnesses all the time, and you have to give them permission to laugh. I spend a lot of time learning about humor, and I actually make fun of myself so that you're comfortable with me when I talk about anything that has happened to me physically. So when you're out there, your, your story does brand you. Everybody has a brand of some sort. So you have to be able to learn how to share and to open up. And some people are so private, they don't like to. So I actually recommend that people go to Toastmasters International to go ahead and improve their communication skills and learn how to do this. That's where I learned how to do it. And if you're not familiar with Toastmasters, it is a speaking and communication organization where people find their voice and you learn how to be able to stand in front of a group and you know when it's right, when it's not right, what to say, how long and how to do it. Thank you for posting that. I believe in it so much that I've opened up 92 corporate chapters and there's community chapters out there. You could do it online. You could do it in person, but you get to work with people that are just like you and there's no judging at all. You tell your story. They tell you how to reframe it, what you might say a little bit better. We have to do presentations out there in, in the world and it just lets you learn how to communicate a little bit better. And it's changed my world dramatically. I, I would probably not be here if it wasn't for Toastmasters. I've been in it since 1999, which makes me sound very old. It's only 24, 25 years. I showed up one day and people um, and people um, were telling jokes when I walked in. So I tried to walk out and, you know, I had this big hand on my shoulder, a football player that said, sit. And I sat and listened to the meeting. And then I made the mistake. I was out sick one day and they voted for me to be president. And I'd like to thank that person personally because because of that showing up, I ended up being a leader. And the next thing I know, I'm over 6,000 people and 100 managers, but that looks good for your resume. It looks good for you when you're out there. It helps you in business meetings. So it did make a difference. So by accident, it happened. And here I am still showing up to them as well, 25 years later. Right. Wow. Wow. That is so great. And I too am a, as, am a firm believer in Toastmasters and the value of Toastmasters and how they are able to train you to tell your story and to be a great communicator and to deliver a message in a way that people will want to stay engaged and entertained or be informed or whatever it is that you're trying to do. One of my favorite parts of a Toastmaster meeting is table topics. 
And one of the things I love about table topics, which is basically the idea of throwing out an idea or throwing out a question to somebody and giving them like one minute to talk about whatever that thing is that you just talked about, that you just gave them. And it really hones your impromptu speaking skills. And how many times, if we're still in corporate America, we're walking down the hallway and our boss asks us a question out of the blue and we have to come up with something. And those table topics conversations help you deliver those messages quickly, succinctly, thoroughly. I mean, it was it's fantastic. So I cannot say enough great things about Toastmasters and, and the way that they develop people. And to be a part of a community that is for you and your growth and development and just wants nothing but the best for you as uh, you're growing in your speaking journey, whether it's in, in front of a ton of people or it's in a conference, you know, at work. So, right. Awesome. And I, I learned how to speak in front of one person and a thousand people. And who would ever think that I would have conversations with Cindy, which is where I interview people that have been ill. It's a 15 minute program where you tell your story of what happened and how did you get better so that people can go out there and, and anyone can go through a library of videos to say, okay, that's me. And then they're able to learn how to get better because someone else went through it. I never would be able to do any of the stuff that I do had I not gone there. So I give them a lot of credit as well. But for storytelling, that that's a great place to go to learn how to tell a story. That's scary. You're putting me in a Toastmaster meeting already. They're going to talk to me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love that it is such a small community. Um, I remember one of the um, speeches that we gave was uh, that I was able to give. I started out the presentation saying, this weekend, I ate food out of the garbage. And then oh, I went wow. on ahead. And that was after I had passed around all these food items like jelly and little bags of bread and frozen peas and things like that. <laughs> and that's and then I came out with last weekend, I ate food out of the garbage. <laughs> and then everyone's like, ew, ew. And then I went on to say, you know, I, I gave an experience of how there is a whole community of people who go into dumpster diving and pull out food. <laughs> that has not been opened or it was on a shelf or it was, you know, in some bag or whatever, but they get together like on the weekends and pull together their foods and have like dinner parties with this food that they've like rescued. Oh <laughs> and so anyways, I don't have anything against them, but, and cause it's not for everybody, but that certainly is a way of life for some people and it works and it is a thing to, to keep because there doesn't have to be starving people in the world. You know what I mean? And so, you know, if a, a bread expired and, you know, the day before, you know, it's still perfectly edible. You know what I mean? So anywho, it was a funny um, story that I told. And then at the end I said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness. That. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah, but now so you anyway, might so keep it going dumpster shopping, you know? <laughs> right. So it was entertaining. It was very funny. And uh, I had a good time with it. The the uh, Toastmaster Club in, uh, enjoyed it as well. And I don't know if I got the ribbon for uh, being the best speaker that day or what, but that's neither here nor there, even though they do give ribbons, which is awesome. <laughs> yes, um, it's a lot they, of fun. They do. 
Yeah, I don't get a lot of ribbons because I still go over time uh, when I speak, but that's okay. <laughs> awesome. So as we're getting ready to wrap up, Cindy, I know um, we're kind of getting short on time here. Can you tell us what's in the future for you? I know you have conversations with Cindy going on uh, that's coming in the near future. What else can we look forward to for you? Well, I'm excited because I'm selling, celebrating my 12th year as a recruiter as I turn 65. So I'm nowhere near retirement yet. I'm not retiring, but I'm happy to be 65. And I plan to live to be 100 now that I found the secret of success of health. And I will continue Toastmasters and the Speakers Bureau with them. And one day in, 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 in the future, I will have a speaking academy where I will be able to put on works. There'll be workshops being put on and you can learn how to take your Toastmaster experience and go to the next level and learn how to tell stories and have different workshops and training coming out of there along with the conversations with Cindy. And that will be in conjunction with still being a recruiter. I think that until probably I stop talking, I will always want to recruit. It was what I wanted to do when I was 15 and I knew what it was. And I absolutely love helping people and being able to give back. And I appreciate you having me today. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I am a, a witness to your amazing recruiting skills. I think you've placed me twice <laughs> in life and since I moved to Georgia. And so that's how we got to know each other. And my life hasn't been the same ever since. So I am so grateful to you and your amazing recruiting skills. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit more about Accountants One, that would be perfectly fine. Or if you just want to share your socials with us, that would be perfectly fine too. No, absolutely. I, I'll do both real quick. Accountants One's been in business for 50 years. So we, we do accounting and finance and anywhere in basically Atlanta. We're in seven states right now. And let me just give you my contact information. So if you have any questions, you can go ahead and um, reach me at Cindy, I'm sorry, ToastmasterCindy at gmail.com. And my phone number is 678-469-3387, although it never works, <laughs> but you can try it. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Cindy. Why doesn't your phone number work? It's hard being a recruiter. I don't know. I just, I have, I'm like on my 38th phone. You know, when you have, it's funny because oh, the phone said, doesn't work. No, the phone doesn't work. No, the phone, oh, okay. sometimes you can hear me and sometimes you can't. It's just amazing. It's a long story. But at any rate, um, that's basically how you reach me. Email is best. The phone is a backup. And um, if I can help you in anything that we talked about, I would be glad to. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cindy. It has been truly a treat. The phone number is on the, on the um, screen here, 678-469-3387 or toastmastercindy at gmail.com. Definitely reach out to Cindy if you are looking to hire someone uh, in the finance and accounting areas. Or even if you're looking for a job like I was, <laughs> she was amazing uh, and finding the perfect fits for me. So uh, I, I am a living, breathing testimony. Cindy has been a part of my journey uh, since 1998, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a super long time, y'all. 
<laughs> so uh, it's, but it's been amazing. And I truly um, am so grateful to you, Cindy, for being a guest on today's show. Uh, and I wish you nothing but the absolute best in the near future. And uh, uh, even into a hundred, as long as you have breath and air and lungs and able to speak, that you reach your speaking dreams. It's because you were made for something great. So so <laughs> go and be awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.